Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio for Brooklyn, so if you like the show, you can listen to episodes the day they come out every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're about to hear the episode where I interview singer-songwriter Johnny Cash, played by writer and comedian Brian Patchett, and ancient Babylonian king, the author of The Code of Hammurabi, Hammurabi, played by comedian Lex Morales. Uh, you can email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to have your favorite dead person on the show, go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now and hilarious. Also, you can see my improv team, Junior Varsity, at the Magnet Theater every Thursday at 7 p.m. That show is consistently great. And also, I would love it if you would rate this podcast, review this podcast, tell your friends, and you can always hit me up at jaredberenstein.com for all the latest information on upcoming projects projects and stuff but for now sit back relax and enjoy johnny cash and hammerabai only on famous dead people famous dead people. it's time famous dead people. time to start the show famous dead people famous dead people, famous dead people. you know famous dead people famous dead people famous story stuck in the head My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century American singer-songwriter Johnny Cash. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. And and (laughs) sixth king of the first Babylonian dynasty, the author of the Code of Hammurabi, Hammurabi. Hello, everybody. Uh, Mr. Hammurabi, Mr. Cash, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Jared, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Thank you so much for coming. Um, I'd like to start off with you, Mr. Uh, Hammurabi, uh, so you are most well known for your code, the Code of Hammurabi, uh, which is one of the earliest surviving codes of law in recorded history. And according to the Wikipedia, you say that you didn't come up with the code. You didn't write the code. What is given to you by Shamash, the Babylonian god of justice. Is that true? Did you write any of these rules or was well, it literally I- just handed to you by this god of justice, Shamash. I, I, I literally, I wrote it down, but he was... Oh, he dic- told it he to dictated you. He dictated it, it, he dictated it to, it to you. us. Um, and, you know, I uh, I added my own stuff to it, too. You know? Oh, you know, that was actually going to be my next question, yeah. because I'm sure that you probably had some, you know, opinions about the things that Shamash was telling you, like what was illegal, what wasn't, and what yeah. the punishments would be. Well, that, that, that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to actually get down, like, what you do, and mm-hmm. then what's the repercussions. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there were simple simple ones that I don't think anybody ever talked. Well, I see them talk about it now, but, like, mm-hmm. I know the eye for an eye is a big one. But um, there's uh, liquor before beer. <laughs> liquor before in the beer. Clear, that's a good know, one. So that was, before liquor, was that one of the ones you that you you added, or was that one of the ones that Sean? I slipped it. You? I, I slipped it in. I gotcha, slipped it in gotcha. every yeah. every couple ones. You know, when he wasn't looking, or he went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I had some time to be like, this really well, pisses yeah, me off. Two hundred eighty-two laws on there, so obviously he's not going to do it all on one stretch. You know, yeah. you got to take breaks. A couple breaks, and I'm chiseling. Point. I'm chiseling the whole time, <laughs> which chiseling, is chiseling a little. Yeah, I had to just stretch out every once in a while too. You know, <laughs> okay. So one of the ones you added was uh, beer before liquor, never been sicker. Yeah, there's um. If you're going to be late, hmm. at least have a good excuse. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. so you don't just walk in late. I mm-hmm. think it's a simple thing, but it's rude. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, when somebody is late and they just, they, they don't even offer anything up. Yeah. I'm just like, that's infuriating, right, Mr. Cash? Like, that has yeah, to be something. Yeah, that's rough. That, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. So far, the code is good. <laughs> yeah, you agree with the code so far. Yeah, like there's a uh, what stays yeah. in Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Then you didn't really come up with that. Well, one, it was an it? idea. It, it, it was, was the idea. idea. <laughs> the idea of it. These are all based on things that will encounter. Yeah. So Vegas to you at the time was just like a thing. Like it was a concept. It wasn't like an actual place. The experience of. Gotcha, we've, all, we've been to gotcha. Vegas, right? Yeah. Oh, did you absolutely. did you put like in the code like a, a loose definition of what Vegas is that people would understand? It was a yeah. It was um. That's you know, sort of outside of the purview of a code. Hmm. What you think so? Educate people. Well, no, you have to you have to define your terms. That's why legal documents are so complicated because well, everything has to be specific, you know. And so when you say whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, I mean, once you say whatever in a line, it's not that specific. <laughs> I'm just going to say, you know, we once have you an put idea. the word whatever in there. <laughs> it's a legal document. We got to, you know, keep it clean. Well, that's the other thing. So we're going to talk about punishments uh, yeah. a little bit later in the show because I, ha- I am very curious about some of the punishments in the code. But just out of curiosity, so like what's the punishment for being late but not having an excuse for that? Uh, you have to – you know what? I got to think about it. That was mm-hmm. – um, Hey, listen, 282 codes, yeah, I totally understand. It was in the late 200s, so I feel okay. like um, it was. if you're late, you have to have an... If you don't have an excuse, mm-hmm. well, you're not invited anymore. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's you're not a huge... You're dirty look. Yeah, you're gonna, everybody's going to kind of know about it yeah. because you're yeah. walking in and intruding on the party. Can so, I ask you, just before we move on, I want to ask you about Shamash, the Babylonian god of justice. Shamash. Yeah, can you tell us? Babylonian god. Shamash. This was, a, yeah. this was a, uh, one of your uh, lesser-known songs, Mr. Yeah, Cash? I wrote Shamash? a lot of yeah, Babylonians. I wrote about the Bible. I wrote about extra-biblical <laughs> yeah, interesting. Well, you, you were friends with Bobby, with, um, what's his name, uh, Billy Billy Graham, right? The, yeah, uh, we were the, friends. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, you had a strong we connection to... We're always talking about it. Yeah, Billy Graham. <laughs> I wrote that one. <laughs> Not bad. So, yeah, so Shamash, uh, you know, ha- is this somebody that you had interaction with before, or was it sort of like just like this divine moment where he he presents himself to you, he says, I'm Shamash, the god of justice, uh, and here's my code? Or w- were there other interactions? Well, there's, there's times that you, oh, yeah, no, there was other interactions, but mm-hmm. there's, I didn't take it seriously at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think mm-hmm. you're going crazy, you start hearing voices. Yeah. I mean, even at the time when you're talking, like other people were talking to gods. There was a lot of gods at the time, so mm-hmm. it wasn't just like the god, yeah, which would be crazy. Well, yeah, you to talk to the god. You wouldn't need to have uh, the modifier god of justice, yeah. if you were the only god, because you would be the god of everything, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we never talked to him. He's mm-hmm. like next level stuff. But this guy, he's coming, coming around every once in a while. He like come to my dreams, come mm-hmm. into my thoughts, uh, and then finally it was just mm-hmm. like, hey, dude, listen, people are doing some shit out there. <laughs> And we gotta put, we gotta come correct. We gotta fix it. Mm-hmm. We gotta, you know, at least it's civilized. This is it what he wanted, said to you. Yeah, thing. that's what. Yeah, he yeah. kind of came like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It was uh, looked like um, he looked like a lighter Snoop Dogg. He oh. looked like hmm. a like his skin was a little lighter than Snoop Dogg. Yeah, like a like a like hmm, a Middle Eastern Snoop Dogg. But I mean, the face and I mean, he looked like a like dog. Tall, that's skinny. Skinny. Harder. That's and charismatic. That's yeah. harder to resist. Yeah, it was real. It really captivated. You really. Pulls you in, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I see it. Hypnotic. I, I can a hundred percent. I would a hundred percent believe that that was a Babylonian. If Snoop yeah. said to me, mm-hmm. Johnny, start writing this down. Mm-hmm. Then Johnny starts writing. I'd start writing. Then he goes. Uh, uh, well, let's move on to you, uh, Mr. Cash, for a moment. So you were an extremely prolific and accomplished singer songwriter, uh, but you also uh, you had the classic drug addiction downward spiral that yeah. so many musicians have. Um, and I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how that happens so frequently like is it because because there are so many successful musicians that have that 
you know, like drug spiral. It's yeah. it's you know VH1 behind the music, like every single episode. What's your what's your drug of choice? Oh, he, you know, I, I don't want to answer for you, but just according to the Wikipedia. It's oh like, yeah, you name it. You know, it's a little bit of everything. Horse, you know? cow, yeah, moo, <laughs> moo, moo. <laughs> Yeah, I got the, uh, the one where you turn it upside down. It goes, <laughs> I don't know if that classically counts as a drug, but well, I did a number. Take... It ruined my marriage. <laughs> Moo did. Moo. Moo did. Yeah, you went, your first wife just couldn't take it. She nah, was like, "Stop look. flipping that cow over." Stop flipping that cow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So why does that happen life. so much? Why is there such a, a strong connection well, between drugs and that kind of creative life, or or is it going on tour that does it? Like in those days, the music industry was like the wild west. I mm-hmm. walked into Sun Studios and Sam Phillips gave me a contract, and part of the contract is biopic rights. And he starts talking about if I'm going to make a biopic of you, hmm. you're going to have to start using some drugs. Interesting. Yeah. So you're saying that part of the contract that you got, right? Way back when. I said I want to make in the a 1950s. different kind of movie. Yeah. And he's saying that if you are so successful that you eventually get a biopic, you have to lead a certain kind of life for that biopic? Yeah, it's it's understood that the producers are going to be looking for a certain type of thing. Interesting. Wow, I had no idea that contracts would just be so forward-thinking. You know? Just in the cousin thing, that was an <laughs> attempt at a series. <laughs> It did not fly, so people were very, mm-hmm. at that time, they were very uh, yeah. specific about what they were looking for. So every I so said, oh, well. Well, I know that you had... I'll do some drugs. You were signed around the same time as Elvis Presley, Jerry yeah. Lewis, yeah. and, you know, all three of you guys had these huge, uh, you know, uh, yeah. biopic lives. And and I have, to, I have to ask, is that just because it was in your contract when you first signed with Sun? Mainly, but we like to one-up each other, too. Oh, so there's a competitiveness to it. <laughs> there was a competitiveness to it. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, so, you know, when Elvis died on the toilet, that was... Right. <laughs> kind of up the ante. Yeah, it was, you know, we just, Jerry Lee and I, we kind of had an understanding at that point. Let's just... Let's just let this thing lie. Oh, he you won. backed off. You know, I understand. No one's gonna No one's gonna top that. If only he knew it's who he wanted. It's just not my style. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was that, was and, that? Who, and who would want to? Oh, I was saying, uh, if only Elvis knew he won. You know, that's the bummer that's about the winning. That's the tragedy of it. Yeah, mm, yeah it's, like a, it's like a detente, you know? Mm. It's like everybody dies, and then the last person gets the gold. This is the opposite. He did scrawl yeah. on the bathroom wall, though. I got you, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, there, I guess he knew. I guess he knew. That's and good. so, but he didn't say specifically, because this has been a, a, a riddle for the ages. Like, right. what, what, who was... Who was Elvis talking about when he wrote I Got You Motherfuckers on the bathroom yeah, wall that he died on? Yeah. And you're saying that you know that it's you and Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, I I had I I said to, when when he passed at the funeral I took uh, Lisa Marie aside and said, "Sweetie, don't worry. Your daddy loved you very much." <laughs> oh, but she... he had to die out of the toilet. <laughs> Despite Jerry Lee Lewis and myself. <laughs> Did yeah. did uh did she was she comforted by that information? I, I do not know. <laughs> she, we have not um, spoken since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you? Um, so Hammurabi, did you have any similar inclination, like the way that Johnny Cash is talking about how part of the reason why he chose the life that he did was to have this epic life story? Like, did you have any of that desire as well? Like, I have to do things for the story. I have to do things. So that people will remember me. I, in in hindsight, I feel like it's um, maybe a, a, a like a response to how I was raised. My mm. father was very hippie, 
Mm. He was like a very hippie king. Hmm, interesting. You know, and he just, everybody do whatever they want to do, hmm. you know? Okay. So I feel like when you grow up without structure, you kind of have to, like, create your own structure. I, I can, I agree with that. And then mm. once I got organized, I was like, you know, other people could get organized too. What's better than telling yourself how to live, but <laughs> yeah. tell other people how to do it too? I got to tell you, it sounds a little bit like your life trajectory was that of a life coach or a self-help, self-help author. Is that does that seem like a fair association? Yeah, yeah. I think okay. uh, that was, it was you know I mean in a grander scale, but I mean we're all a macrosm and a microcosm mm-hmm. of you know one entity and one person and hmm. one. Right? My father was a lot like you. He he was banker, bank cash mm-hmm. was his name. And he, I'm he, sorry, your name was banker. His, his, his name, name was Banky Cash. Banky, Banky Cash. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I saw the biopic about you, and it seems like your dad was just kind of like a. Well, we know what. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. The biopic thing in the contract. That's right. Yeah. They gotta. They gotta make it jazzy. Yeah. They gotta. They gotta spice it up for the audiences. Jazzy cash. So you're saying that played was... by, played by the guy who owned Babe the Pig. That's the guy, what I remember from. No, that it was, I, don't know I thought it was the guy who uh, who was the who's the T one thousand in in the second Terminator. Oh, movie. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. See, so he was real tough. Mm-hmm. Real tough. He kept everything in order. Your father well, was a tough lot of rules. So yeah. I said, I'm going to become an outlaw. Mm, mm. To, to spite your dad. Right. Okay, that makes uh-huh. sense. Well, right. I know that, so you had like this outlaw image yeah. uh, as a musician. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the Wikipedia mentions this, like you went to, to jail a couple of times, but never for like more than one night. Um, Those were, are you talking about the shows? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm talking about like you got arrested for like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, being on drugs right. or unruly conduct or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it was never the more cool than shit. one night. Nah. <laughs> the cool shit. But I mean, Sounds... don't you no. think it's a little disingenuous to like paint yourself as this outlaw if if you've never even spent more than one night in jail? I mean, you know, you listen. When I would go to prison and play for these people, they'd whoop and holler it up. I mm-hmm. think that's the you know because I, what I would do is part of my act. Is I would razz all the guards individually, <laughs> and that got me in right away. So that's the that, that the, I would also every time before the show I'd say, "Bring me the toughest guy in this jail," and Ooh. I'd beat the shit out of him. Wow! So you would just that's, beat up a prisoner, yeah. even though you weren't in the jail. That's right. Wow. You got to establish some kind of dominance hierarchy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. That that's part of the code, right? You got to establish dominance. Like Boy named Sue, motherfucker. <laughs> Sure, sure slipped in there. I like I like how you're saying that roasting the guards yeah. gave you your bona fides yeah. as an outlaw. Like that's all you really need is just to like tease guards in front of other prisoners, and then that makes you basically it's the law as good of a prisoner. The street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the yeah. law that I laid down. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to write that law down. Mm-mm, no, yeah. it's just in your heart. It's understood. Yeah. yeah. Were yeah. there were there laws in your code that were sort of like that, like like unspoken rules? Well, you don't know? clip your toenails in public. But, yeah, but that, that's a written down law, right? No, well, but I'm asking, was, were there any codes that were like you know? That's you know, what I'm saying. It, yeah, like you should know <laughs> if you're clipping your toenails in public, like everybody's gonna just back off and like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, that still happens today. I think, and you just definitely that's gross. And people, you know, they have all these faux pas like on yeah. the subway and crowded areas. You know, yeah. Uh, don't like if you're dating for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like if your girlfriend tries to brush her teeth with your toothbrush, like mm-hmm. ask. At least, mm-hmm. like, there's some boundaries. Like, the girlfriend should ask. I, I feel like you shouldn't just start using somebody else's toothbrush. Yeah, that's kind of gross, that. right? Definitely. 100%. Yeah, yeah, but I've known people to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's an unspoken rule. I think yeah. you should, like... 
even I think even if you're married for several years, you should ask before you use somebody else's toothbrush. Yeah, yeah. That's just a personal thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about little personal little things. things. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Is that how you got famous? What? Wrote, writing down a couple of personal things that bugged you? No, no. I listen. I I I'm I'm pleased and privileged to always talk to such influential people. I would never claim to be influential myself. I don't have a code. I don't. I don't have. You know. Uh, uh, you should start writing a code. Everybody golden. should write a code. You think everyone should write their code down? I think down? that should be important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to figure out your your boundaries and what you want, and mm. then hopefully it works in normal society. But let's start writing you. You got to find code. out what your personal code is. What do you do in the morning? What do mm-hmm. you? What oh, do you, mm-hmm. listen. We don't make want to make the show about me. Okay, I'm right. not interesting. Right. I'm not famous. My but, co- you know, but you're right. Man's got to have man's code. Got to have, have a code. code. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I coined say? that. <laughs> And I'm tr- I can't figure out how to make money off it. I didn't put it in a damn song. Just oh, write it yeah. on a giant dildo. Well, uh, that's you, a good idea. Do you consider like your song catalog to be your code, Mister Cash? Well, like no, I mean, my way of life is my is my code. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. So you you wrote it down by living it, by that's showing right. it to people. That's right. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Uh, so, Mister Hammurabi. So we were talking about your father a little bit uh, earlier. In 1700 BC, mm. you inherit rule of Babylon from your father. Um, and there's all these different city states in Mesopotamia, and they're all they're all fighting for control of the farmland. Um, and this, this, you know, reflects what you just said about your dad that he was kind of loosey goosey, like a little bit more of a hippie, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, but so you take over rule of this chaotic, complex situation. Were you at all concerned that you wouldn't be able to handle such a big and unruly kingdom? Yeah, was... this is obviously before, well, this is years before the code. This is years yeah. before you you met with. Uh, uh, Shamash, the Babylonian god of justice. It's one of the first countries where we had like a multicultural society. You know, mm. there was a lot of cash flowing around. So people coming in from all over and tribes are mixing and mm. it's getting mm. a little bit more urban. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, just crazy. Gotta... So what was the what was, I was like, uh, were, were you nervous? Were you concerned? Yeah, well, like, I'm not going to be able to control all this chaos. Yeah. I have to rule over this. I was trying, at the time, to be honest, I felt like that was a reflection of my own life. My life was chaotic. Mm-hmm. I had no rules. I had no boundaries. I had more money than I knew what to do with. I mean, I was spending money on shit that, like, so yeah. unnecessary. That's a tough, that's yeah. a tough situation. We call, that the, uh, we call that the Justin Bieber effect, yeah. where you, you yeah. have everything I mean, you want at such a young age. No, kinda, no yeah. one needs seven pairs of Yeezys, you know? <laughs> But I had one I for every day you, of the week. Uh, what you're was saying the, you have extra Yeezys? What was well, the, a, I, no, I had one for every day of the week. You said you had seven pairs of Yeezys. <laughs> I did, and I said one for every day of the week, so I'm I don't have saying. an extra. Well, what was the equivalent back then of, of Yeezys? Like, what was a hot ticket item? Well, they were really comfortable shoes that looked like shit. <laughs> That's all. And they were a hot topic. They were a hot item, even back then. Even back then. People is, loved mm-hmm. wearing something comfortable. Mm-hmm. You, like, know something different. Like mm. you know, and it's just you showy. It's showy. If everybody gotcha. knows why you're wearing it, it's just to show off. It so is comfortable. Your kingdom was sort of like a reflection of you uh, as a as a human being. There's all these warring tribes. There's yeah. you know, and people are lashing out at each other, and that's what you were experiencing personally. At the personally, time. so yeah. even though I, you know, so I, I after like I said before, I kind of once I figured out how to kind of write my own code. Mm. How do I want to live my life? How do I want to structure? You know, who do I give shit to? Who would I take shit from? Right. That's a you know that's a big thing. You well, know? Once you start laying down the law, people are going to push back. To people, but, but, but people must have gotten people upset. were livid. People were people livid. People were livid. Oh yeah, you lose an eye, you're done. You're just Intr- like, well, I'd love to ask you more about go that. Ahead. Uh, yeah. So we, uh, if you're just joining us, this is famous dead people on radio for Brooklyn, and my guests today are 
uh, sixth king of the first Babylonian dynasty, Hammurabi. Hammurabi in the house. <laughs> and 20th century American singer-songwriter, Johnny Cash. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Uh, nee. <laughs> That's one of my, he's on, my catchphrases. He's on drugs. He's I'm on sorry, drugs. Did you say, say the one of your catchphrases, Johnny Cash, was that you would neigh that like a horse? It was a long career. It was right. Part yeah. of my coat. Well, I mean, Dress in black, <laughs> neigh like a horse, I make know, that money. I know your popularity kind of like dipped in the 70s and 80s. Was that your neighing like a horse period in the 70s and 80s? I never put that together before. <laughs> but maybe that's the reason why. Uh, so in 1954, you auditioned for Sam Phillips at Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee, and you play a bunch of gospel songs, but Phillips tells you that they're not doing gospel music anymore and that you should, quote... Yeah. God is dead, he said. That you should, quote, go home and sin and then come back with a song I can sell. Is that is that correct? Is that the yeah. actual version of the history? Yeah. Okay, so then what did you do when you heard that advice from Mr. I Phillips? rolled my eyes. I thought that was a little showy. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a I, walked, I went around the corner for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I smoked a cigarette. Yeah. And uh, that's when I saw the window across the street, the black outfit. Mm. And, yeah. So I put that, I went across the street, bought that, put that on like a joke. Like, ooh, I'm bad now. Now I've sinned. Now, now I've now sinned. I came black. back, I fucking bought it. Yeah. He bought that shit. And so, so just walking back in with a black suit on... He was convinced that you had sinned enough to 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 be a great yes. musical artist. It was yes, it was like Spider Man three. <laughs> I, they the didn't have that at the time. War black meant that he was bad. Now he said, "I'm he's bad." Interesting. Okay, I like <laughs> you rolled your eyes at him. Like like how many times? Like that's such a line, you know. Like how yeah. how late were you up last Give night me writing up. that? Oh, Mister Sam Phillips. <laughs> We yeah. don't do I'm just, gospel. I'm just shooting from the hip here, but uh, I never said this before, but why don't you go home and sin and then come back with a song I can sell? I prayed to, uh, uh, I said, you know, one of the things I did, I said, I said well, you know, Jesus is not hip. Uh, so I prayed to some uh, some of those gods. I prayed to that. You, you got prayed to Shamash? Shamash? You prayed to Shamash, the Babylonian God of Justice? I prayed to them all. Well, 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 that's technically a sin, because in the, in the Ten Commandments, they, there, there should be no God above so me. So I was, now I'm torn between sin and salvation, <laughs> so, you know, that makes good copy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's some good music there. Yeah. Do you remember the first song that you played for Sam Phillips once you had put on the black and you now you're a sinner, now you're a bad, now you're a bad guy? Yeah. Do you remember what you did for him? I just killed a train. <laughs> just killed I a just train. shot that train. Shot that fucking train, and now it's draining <laughs> off the tracks. I think there's someone in it. Someone's riding home. Do you mind if I interrupt you no. for just a moment, Mr. Cat? No. So that is, I mean, that's a, that's a great tune. The lyrics are great, Still holds but up. it's also it's it's a tune for a completely different song. It is a, a tune for a song, another song that you've written, mm. but just with slightly different lyrics. But but that's what you went in the studio with. That's what I went in with, and then you know Sam felt one. Okay, let's do another one. Mm -hmm. I withdrew funding for the trains. <laughs> they said no. I want to go in the other direction. Lose the train, keep the shoot. Mm, okay. Yeah. I well, shot your mama. <laughs> that, that was, was the, the B side. Well, listen, we don't need to go through every iteration of uh, Ring of Fire, which I think is the song that no, that ended, no, that that's not. That Ring was of Fire. a different one. Ring of Fire was a different song. Uh, that was when I was thinking, what would it be like to if I were in a Ring of Fire? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought pretty literal. Oh, it so would be I, yeah. 
It would burn. <laughs> what else? Okay. Well, it would, it would all be, really, but it would also burn. You're really going A to B here. Uh, what I was doing was, was, was the one that was, in, was, was one where I shot a man in, in Reno. Yeah. That's bring Folsom Prison. Folsom Prison, which is a song about crime and punishment. Mr. Hammurabi. I think, no, I think, that's, I think that's, that's Ring of Fire. It's not a different song. Is it a different song? Different okay. song. Ring of Fire? What if I were in a Ring of Fire? <laughs> it would burn. Well, I'm not going to argue with your catalog, you know, to the Chinese These are cash. two, so, yeah. Well, so, yeah. Some might be in the works. Like, I remember, you know, things change as you write the that's right. law. Like, I re- my, one of my first laws was tit for tat. Yeah. Hmm, and right. Okay. it became tit for tit, which is an iteration of right. eye for eye. Mm, okay. If you right happen to why have, bring cat? That's the kind of saw editing <laughs> that Sam Phillips would do for me and my. It's good stuff. Just one letter for tat. He seems like a talented tat. producer. Tit for tat. Well, what's that? It's one thing for the same thing. Well, why not say the same thing? Why not just say tit for tit? Then why not just say tit for tit? And that's what happened. So good editing. Yes. I mean, they took it literal. That's the problem. I shot a man in Reno. Why? (laughs) For a reason. No. For no reason. There you go. You got a hit. Wow, we're really this is really diving into the creative process here. I really appreciate that, Mr. Cash. Yeah. Uh, But let's go back to Mr. Hammerabit for just a moment. So, um, despite all of the unrest that you inherited, you managed to unite all of Mesopotamia. Bring it together. in, In only a few years. And it seems as though, you know, this is through uh, military acumen and well-timed alliances. But I'm wondering if there's anything else that you did different from former kings that made uniting all these disparate lands possible. And again, this is years before you write your code. So you don't have the code yet. Yeah, and you're yeah. still able to to bring mm-hmm. control and unity to Mesopotamia. Yeah, well, networking. You know, I started, <laughs> we had networking events on Thursday nights. That's who you know. Thursday, you really? get every, and you have just one person. Like, if somebody's into road making, you have one road guy. So you pass out cards, you hand out business cards, you start networking. Mm. Um, what was I was third? We, I organized softball leagues. Mm. Oh, softball, softball, softball Okay, you know? that's so, uh, a lot of rules just, for that uh, in itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a good bonding experience. But that's what it was. It was right. a Play a game. You trying know? to get everybody to understand community. You hmm. know, interesting. Okay. Um, we invented Godfathers back then. Godfathers. So you're yeah. saying like uh, in, in the mob sense of what a Godfather is. No, like uh, if you had a kid and you're just like, oh, now Steve is your Godfather. You know, oh, like you best invented, friends. You invented being a Godfather. Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, Simple. Yeah. How, but, did, how did having a Godfather help stabilize that entire region? It, you, you could pick your family. You could start picking oh, your family. So that's how gotcha. we would do it. See? Okay. Yeah, right. That's important. Like, you know, like you inherit your family. But just to be able to pick at least one person that's like, and you're sort of like a unofficial. Keeps them on the hook. Keeps, yeah. yeah. And it really spices up Thanksgiving. <laughs> because they're <laughs> bringing some food. Yeah, yeah, they're bringing some food that you never recognize. Yeah. Your grandmother's always like, who is this guy? Variety right? is the spice of life. Yeah. Is that one of the code? Is, is, that, is variety of spice of life right in there? Unspoken rule. One of those oh, unspoken gotcha. ones. But it sounds good. It's 282. Back then, just... spice was spice, you know? I mean, <laughs> spice was super important. Let's not forget variety. how important. You were just lucky if yeah. there was any yeah. variety. Yeah, because we want some spice. Yeah. We, don't, we, don't, any we spice. want some spice. Salt would be nice. It was <laughs> another thing. Let's not be... <laughs> Salt would be nice as one of the codes. Yeah, if you was... have spice, if you bring me salt, you're a good candidate for a godfather. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to be rude to the chef, but it would be nice. Then It'd I be, like you, know. you. Then you're all right. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. So according to Wikipedia, um, you know, there's it describes some of the difficulties of, of trying to rule and trying to unite all of Mesopotamia. And one of the difficulties was a, quote, flawed calendar. 
And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that, because I, I want to know how having a flaw, obviously, early civilizations, you, you're not really on board with like the lunar cycles yet and the way that the year works. So so how did having a flawed calendar make your job as king more difficult? Well, we picked the wrong... At the time, we were going off of Suzanne's cycle. This woman, Suzanne. <laughs> and we didn't realize... That's she you was, were referring to her menstrual cycle. Yes. Okay. And she was pretty spot on for the good first 12 <laughs> years or so. Sure. But, you know, things change. It's natural. And uh, we just took a while to get the next right I'm cycle. Sorry, so, did so, she... So, was, was he, I'll she object to this? Yeah, no, was she gonna have a little Yes. Well, it took her years to find out. It was really years. Well, oh, you know, no. You know, Good that. six, seven years. Oh, and then Lord when it came man. out, it was hell. What did I you mean, call it? I mean, she was months? really. <laughs> what was what months? Yeah, how did you call it, you know? Um, well, it was like. When the, well, there was a winter. It was winter. There was Suzanne um, is cold, and it's also <laughs> yeah. It was it was like well, she'd wear red in the spring, so right. it was like the red. You know, there's red. like autumn. You know, oh like, man, mm, she, it, that's humiliating. It was. We, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Was, so she didn't know. You're saying she didn't know for six or seven years she, that you. She were... caught on. Like, why is everybody? Everybody checking. Checking in. People going through her garbage. That can be stuff like that. <laughs> can be really. You know, if you want to pay a late bill, you know, your well, bills are late. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you eventually stopped that practice because it was flawed and also really um, intrusive. Really, pretty, pretty rude. I mean, um, hindsight's twenty twenty. We've uh, another. Sure. Oh, that's another code. We got to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Uh, with Johnny Cash and Hammurabi on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBaronson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People, Famous Dead Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are Sixth King of the First Babylonian Dynasty, the author of the Code of Hammurabi, Hammurabi. Holla at Hohambe. <laughs> and 20th century American singer-songwriter, Johnny Cash. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. It's lit! <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Not bad. Um, so let me ask you this, uh, Mr. Cash. Um, I know we, we touched on this a little bit, the, the friendship that you had with uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis Presley. Um, and I saw this in the biopic and I read this in the Wikipedia that because you guys were all Sun Records and you were all signed around the same time that you went on this big tour together, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, in part how you met uh, June Carter, who was the woman that you would marry right. eventually. Um, 
but that that's such an incredible looking back. That's mm-hmm. such an incredible lineup. You, Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis Presley, all on one on one bill. Obviously, no, none of you guys were that famous yet, but that still must have been an incredible ticket, yeah. right? Yeah, we call it the Big Dick Fuck You Tour. <laughs> you didn't really call what, it the we Big did. Dick Fuck <laughs> You Among, don't know amongst those guys, yourself. Lewis. <laughs> amongst yourself. He's filthy. <laughs> you just had to go along with that stuff. You just had to, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm, okay. Guys, we're calling this the Big Dick Fuck You Tour. That was what Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis would say. <laughs> and you go, oh, okay. Well, that sounds good. I'll give you that one. What was Elvis's reaction to that when uh, when, when Jerry Lee Lewis said that? <laughs> he was quite quiet guys gentle soul i think it's adorable that johnny cash has an elvis impression by the way (laughs) we all did you guys guys all did look what i'm doing my lip right now Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's that's a classic elvis elvis lip uh lip curl there yeah yeah so so can you tell us any stories about that tour like the three of you getting into trouble (sighs) together or or... there was uh impregnated a piano that can't possibly be true that can't possibly be true it's not physically possible right maybe you just didn't stick around to find out (laughs) So that, maybe just, you know, now that I think of it, so maybe just finished, just orgasmed into a piano, and then assumed it was pregnant, and then hightailed it. Now that I think of it, I'm making a lot of assumptions. Uh, <laughs> he told me he impregnated a gotcha, piano, gotcha. and that's why he couldn't go back to Tampa. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. And I mean, you were also all three of you. I have to assume were doing a lot of drugs and and drinking really heavy. So Elvis at that time did not partake. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't part really, of it. No, he was. He, he he was. Uh, he had his mom on that tour. Oh, gotcha. So he's got to be cool. He's got to be. And that was June Carter. Gotta get... and that's <laughs> how I met her. I'm sorry. You saying that June Carter was Elvis's mom? Uh, yeah, that can't be true. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you know, read right on the Wikipedia, they didn't say anything about Where that. Wikipedia. Anyone can edit that. That's true. That's true. I mean, like, like I said, I don't do a ton of research for this show, and that's my flaw. That's right. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate that. That's incredible. So then you end up marrying. Elvis's mom, yeah. June Carter. Yeah. I can't believe that's so incredible. Um, didn't he have any issues with that? Like, like you're dating my mom, uh, Johnny Cash. Like, I thought that we were cool. I thought that uh, I thought that that you and I had a code being on tour together. That, good point. It's important that's to have in, a code. It's in the Hammurabi of yeah. all people. Bro, you know, bros we, before hose. Is that in there? That's a code. That's oh, like in the top it's five. Literally in the code. Bros Johnny before hose. I don't know. I, you know, he was like a younger brother type to me, so I didn't see it as competition. I mean, I didn't know he was trying to sleep with his mother. That, <laughs> no, 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 that's not. That's not what we're saying, no. Johnny Cash. We're saying we're saying that what, it's 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 rude to sleep with your friend's mother. Yeah, it's your bro, well, your I just thought you, I was being nice. His father was there, and he wasn't doing <laughs> shit. And I thought I could do a little better than this. And Elvis is the sweet kid, and he's little direction. Mm-hmm. He's out in the big. Well, you know, he'd never been outside of Memphis. Yeah. He's a father figure, and I look like I was fucking 80. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't even see it as a slight. You thought that you were doing And she Elvis had the whole... I thought I was doing him a favor. You thought you were doing him a solid, yeah. You were saying she had the whole... Uh... Carter family. <laughs> okay. That she was attached to. Okay. So somehow me marrying her, I brought him back into that Carter family. He became the Carter family. Cash family with Elvis. With Elvis, uh, yeah. I mean, you're you're doing the world a favor then by bringing all those people together. But then Elvis fell in with uh, Colonel Tom, who was his who was his godfather. Okay. So he started going over to their house for Thanksgiving. Oh, gotcha. And then I, that caused. Yeah, they were eating spices that we didn't even. <laughs> so then you know that was a part, but we became you know the, the Carters and the Cash. Gotcha. And that's the Presleys how he, and the Parkers had their own thing. He separated and became a Presley after that. 
the yes, ir- the irony yeah. of me creating godparents and mm-hmm. then uh, yeah and then that being the thing that split elvis from from your family yeah. Un- unintended consequences but yeah. i appreciate yeah. the code I, you know yeah. i think I, I think it's important that you have godfathers and you know you're gonna have some collateral damage with any Everyone, law it happens with any code yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but so let's let's finally let's, let's really get into this code now all right so as we mentioned it's 282 laws spread out over 12 ta- tablets um and i'm wondering how how inclusive do you think your code ended up being? Like, do you really think that it covered everything that could happen to a person in their life? Or was it sort of like the Bill of Rights where you would think, like, well, we'll add to this as we need, you know, as, as things, you know, continue coming up? Well, you know? we, we were we were adding it as it happened because certain okay. things would happen, you know, and we left some space for uh things to happen oh so sort of like in like a like a self-help book there'd be like a couple pages at the end where you can journal yeah make notes or like yeah make notes for your own life yeah yeah and we always encouraged everybody to write their own but Mm -hmm. uh for the most part you know while i was you know i took my own code and i moved that to a lot of other people's like i said it's great to tell yourself how to live your life Mm. but it's so much easier and more enjoyable to tell other people how to live You know, I agree with that. So <laughs> not I, everyone's so I'm lucky. Say, yeah, I mean, when you say it out loud, it just really is um, mm-hmm. invigorating. So yeah, so I had already written those rules, and I was really strict. And I was, you know, I had my life organized. It mm-hmm. wasn't that fun. You know, I caused a lot of enemies because if you know, like somebody borrow a pencil, I didn't know they were borrowing it, mm. but they were stealing it. So yeah. you mm. lose two fingers. Boom. You lose two fingers for stealing a pencil. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that eventually evolved into you steal stuff, you lose your hand. Okay. Right. But you at know, the time, I was in grade simplify school. Simplify the code. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to have a, a a separate line item for everything you could possibly steal. Mm-hmm. If you steal a pencil, if you steal a pen, if you steal a shoe, if you steal a shoelace. Yeah. Was it? Was shoes. it? If you steal something, whatever you steal it with, that's what you. So if I stole, yeah, can't <laughs> you touch a slipper? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or yeah if, if you touch it, or if like I kind of nudge with my nose, like, yeah, your nose, your nose the is table gone. To, no, mm-hmm. can't do it. And maybe, uh, maybe if I. But like, I didn't think you were going to see me. Does that factor into the? code at all no well i didn't think i was rule number caught. one is yeah if, if you don't get caught you're good <laughs> sorry so that's the rule number one yeah which makes it a lot more <laughs> lenient than everybody everybody's saying how strict this code is but if you don't right. get caught remember <laughs> if you don't get caught nothing is going to happen to you that's a good point what if so, i apologize so if just, i've hurt anyone is that good? Well, now you're you're admitting to fault. Yeah, so yeah, you're not getting so, away with it anymore. Well, yeah. I said if I did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then there you go. Yeah, loopholes are big. Yeah, they're they're yeah they they're going to be a, a part of any uh, legal system. They're going to be loopholes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like you know back to whatever you steal the thing with. That's what you get cut off. Yeah. Like do you ever you ever like have somebody's like like a thing of popcorn and you just kind of lean over and you take with your tongue. You kind of like uh and you and you get like one piece of popcorn. And then you stole that, so, so then you would lose, you your, lose tongue. your tongue. You gotcha. lose your tongue. Trying to make an exception because it's unpleasant. But, but no, now, I mean, like, I'm not saying that I'd rather lose my tongue than my hand. I'm just saying, like, you know, that's like another example. Well, you know, one of the things that you could always do is say that you thought that they offered it to you, you know, oh, like a little, you know, shiver or something. Like, and now, you, now you're in the clear. We found another loophole. loophole. If I thought that he had offered, yeah. Okay, and then did that uh, did that mean you got away with it, or was it just like a, a less you, a, a less charge? It, no, no, you get away with it. Then oh, you get away with it, and then you can't talk about it again. Forgive and forget. <laughs> that was another rule. Oh, interesting. Forgive, Forgive and forget. forget. Mm. Yeah. Not bad. Well, I actually, did want to ask you um, a little bit about the you know uh, the harsh punishments for some of these crimes. Uh, I'll just go through a couple of them. We are we already mentioned some, but these are some of the ones that I saw on the Wikipedia. Uh, if you steal a livestock, like a like a cow or something, I got livestock. I got <laughs> livestock. 
song about the code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. Um, no, like... If you steal livestock, you have to pay 30 times what you stole. If a son strikes his father, then he can cut off his fingers. Yep. If yep. you build a house that falls down, that's death. Breaking and entering is death. Yep. These all seem a little over the top, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Like well, This is the thing. I was pushing everybody to be the best that they can the be. The best version of themselves. Yeah, so if you're going to do it, get away with it, right? <laughs> Rule number one. But if you don't get away with it, you're getting, you know, shit's happening. We're mm. coming correct. We're coming, you know, there's there's right. a clear line. So, uh, and now remember, if somebody accuses you of something mm-hmm. and they're wrong, that guy dies. That's death then. Yeah. I didn't even see that. In no, the that's, there. that's a, that's one of the real codes. So. Do you get any warnings ever or anything like that? Warnings are there. There's street signs all over. <laughs> Nobody even had street signs before. Well, these I codes would be up like in public places, right? Yeah. And we'd have people them. yelling them every once in a while. <laughs> right. And there was, you know, like I said, it's really fun to tell other people how to live their life. So people, right. once the code became a thing, People it really caught on like fire. And I got to be honest, I didn't write a lot of those punishments. That was the people. The people are vindictive when you give mass. That's true. You know, it's it wasn't about. Wait, uh, so look said, how they done Jesus. Look at that. Look they done. how they done Jesus. Look how they done yeah. Jesus. Oh, that was one of your songs, too, right? Yeah, it was five how... of them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're saying that you didn't have the punishments in? We just leave like a blank spot for what the punishment would no, be? No, no, we, we had punishments. But, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, uh, again, it adjusted. But also there was times when I didn't know because it's just you're throwing shit at the wall seeing what sticks so mm-hmm. i call it out to like 30 40 people i'd be like all right uh you know paul told his wife that he was wearing a condom but he wasn't or, kill you him know. Yeah, yeah kill him so that's it was blood you know some yeah. people i, I you know, fact, told you that would happen i gotta tell you there was probably just like one or two guys who were constantly yelling kill him now mm-hmm. that i think about it it wasn't yeah. the whole crowd it was just one real big that's asshole. what used to happen when i like, play the prison show what shall i do with this guard kill it you know yeah. it's never mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. dunk him so I, I thought we could slime him sometimes well, we, we had that we remember that we had also people swimming like the um the ordeal you know the ordeal yeah, i'm sorry the, what's, what's the ordeal the ordeal is if you get accused of a crime uh you have a chance to swim across a river and ah. if you make it you're innocent interesting so that that yeah. was a part of the code yeah that sounds fair that's part oh of the, interesting yeah. i thought you were saying that um because when when Mr. Cat said that you could you could slime the guard, yeah, yeah. I thought that you were going to say that the uh, you can't do this on television rules were in the code. Also, <laughs> like if you say yeah. I don't know, you get slimed. If you say water, you get water. Yeah, the country would be a lot better off today if we had those rules. <laughs> it's, it's the, just slime, public humiliation. Well, that was part yeah. of it, public humiliation. Right. But then, mm-hmm. I mean, the ordeals became stuff like uh, almost like the modern day fear factor. You know? Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So or, or, or double dare, maybe double dare. Yeah, where you have to do a test. So it could be something as simple as. Um, uh, getting dice under a cup and spinning it around <laughs> and making it stand up, right? You ever see those? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and if you drop those seven dice, you're dead. Then you you've obviously tri- raped that what, woman. It's like, it's like an innocence by trial sort yes, of thing. Yes, that kind of thing. So, okay. so we had that. It was a nice balance. You know, checks and balances, guys. Uh, let's go over to Mr. Cash for a moment. So uh, as we as we mentioned earlier, um, you were arrested a few times, largely in connection with your drug and alcohol abuse. Um, but the last time that you were arrested, it was in uh, 1967, you got into a car accident, you had a whole bunch of pills with you, and after spending a night in jail, the sheriff gave you a long talk, and you later say that that talk helped you turn your life around. And I'm wondering if you can remember any specifics about the talk, I'm sure we'd love to know like what this sheriff said to you that, that resonated with yeah. you and helped you overcome the addiction that you had been struggling with so much in your life. Well, you know, when someone when someone talks to you, 
and they're trying to change you. And we're talking about it's easy to tell somebody what to do, but they don't. Mm. They don't do it. Mm. You tell someone what to do, they don't do it. The way, the way, if you want someone to really change, you have to talk <clears throat> from your own experience. So this oh, man okay. said to me, "Hello, I'm Johnny Cash." I said, <laughs> "What is this?" He said, "Hello, I'm Johnny Cash." I was arrested for having a bunch of pills in my car, and I'm changing now. I said, this is interesting. This is interesting. He said, I'm trapped between the Lord and the devil. Mm -hmm. I'm married to June Carter. I'm going to give 20 bucks to this warden, (laughs) and I'm going to stay out of trouble. (laughs) Oh, I did. Wow. So all he did— I could just identify. All he did was role play as you— and that was enough to turn your life around. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, he's a smart, smart guard. Smart guy. I later threw him into a hungry crowd of prison <laughs> inmates. Insane. Is it because he stole the $20 from you? I thought it was a loan. <laughs> See, that's what you could have mediated this. I'm I sorry, thought so it was a loan. He thought it was something else. Wait, so you're saying that after this, after this guy did this incredible role play, after the sheriff did the role play, turned your life around, yeah. made you into a right. better person... You then saw him at one of your prison shows, yeah. and you kicked him into a pile of uh, frenzied piranha-like prisoners. I did kick him. I don't know how you knew that, but it's true. That's showmanship. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah. And they tore him apart in a bacchanio sort of. <laughs> that was the, uh, that's actually the same punishment for parking in the wrong parking space. Is you get kicked into a frenzied piranha-like yeah. uh, a mob, mob of prisoners? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, I'd like to ask you about that. Actually. Gotta have um, a code. Any code. Any code. It doesn't matter what the code says, but you have to have a code. Uh, for those of you just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 20th century American singer-songwriter Johnny Cash. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. And, Johnny Cash here. And sixth king of the first Babylonian dynasty, Hammurabi. Hammurabi. So, yeah, do so. that's the question. Like, um, so many of your punishments had to do with uh, death or dismemberment. Um, were, were there any prison sentences? Like, were there any, any, uh, short stays, you... short stays. Okay. We wanted to get them in and out. You know, if it, uh, again, it was more about if you're going to do the crime, it wasn't about doing the time. Mm. It was to do wow. the crime really well. Gotcha. gotcha. You know? Make sure right. you don't get caught. But you know, A better class criminal, all that. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's, that's what you'd be designing, right? It right. seems like foolish to just put people in incarceration for well, years on Doesn't do a no man reason. no good. Nope. No. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in um, I forget which Norwegian country it is, but like the longest prison sentence that they give you is like 15 years or something. There's no life. It's a long no, time. 15 no, years is yeah, a long I know, right? time. Yeah. And they, they have like a low recidivism rate and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah. had a low recidivism. Yeah, that recidivism. Word too. yeah recidivism. <laughs> you had a low recidivism. So if somebody yeah. stole, got their hand cut off, they wouldn't steal again. Really hard thing. to. Grab it because you're using a cup of your coffee. Hand. Yeah, really hard to grab a cup of you're coffee. Less you know, yeah. well, that's why we were asking about like the different appendages you could use because, like, maybe someone's like a kleptomaniac. They they get one hand cut off, the other oh, hand cut off. What did they, we use... call? You know, what we call um, uh, kleptomaniacs. What do you call them? paraplegics? That's what we call. <laughs> that's what we call them. That is uh, extremely uh, non-PC, very that, offensive that, thing okay. to say. I, I, I mean, that's part of our code now. That's okay. part of the 21st century code. So fair, you're not allowed enough. to say things like that. Also, paraplegic is somebody who is uh, is paralyzed. I didn't know what the word recidivism <laughs> I think you got to don't, don't judge me. I, I'm laughing because I know what you meant. Yes, I know, uh, it was a pretty you. good joke. It was all right. All right. Oh, sorry, thank Mr. You. Cash, you were about to say? No, I don't know. Yeah, you're going to yeah. workshop the joke. Let's move on. <laughs> 
I thought you were gonna say, uh, "What do you call? What do you call a kleptomaniac that you throw in the water, Bob?" Stew. Oh, yeah. I no, thought you were gonna say Why? hot water would be stew. Hot water. Would be so stew. just to now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> what so, do you call a, a a kleptomaniac woman? Peg. Right, well, a peg, peg, because no. she's like one long. These well, are all. Well, I'm like, glad the code is working now. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Uh, so, um, so let me ask you this, Hammurabi. So, uh, did you notice a change in the 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 atmosphere, the environment, the, the your your kingdom? Did you notice a change in your kingdom uh, and your subjects after the code was released versus before it was released? Yeah. Well, there was a huge party. Huge oh, there's party. a big party for the coach. Yeah, yeah, okay. which everybody was psyched. And then so many people broke that law <laughs> that night, literally that first yeah. night, mm-hmm. um, that people got really scared. People got really intimidated. People got, mm-hmm. but the, you know, now a hierarchy starts developing. People who knew the law, people who didn't know the law, mm-hmm. people who didn't care about the law. We had outlaws for the first time. Ooh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's, about... how, that's right. Sex appeal. That's how you get your sex appeal. <laughs> yeah, so a lot. <laughs> So yeah, now there's a fucking you know what, yeah, fucking you're fighting. The old ladies love people who don't really know the code. That's real sexy. No, you love an outlaw. They someone who knows the code and is choosing to ignore it because yeah. you know what? That's my code. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. Nobody about gets laid saying, Personal. "Oh, I didn't know that was. That's, I didn't know I couldn't do that." <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Ooh, I'm did not you see sure. that guy said he didn't know he couldn't do that? <laughs> Wait, so was that part of the code? Like, if you if you didn't know that that was the law, then maybe you would get away with it? Like, if you stole something... Three times. You could do that three times? Three times. Oh, and wow. now you guys, three strikes, you're out. And that's where that comes from. Well, right. we didn't that's call it back from. then. It was three three rocks. Three. <laughs> three. <laughs> you didn't call them the strikes. No, you have to carry around big rocks. Every time right. you say you don't know the code, you have to get a rock that you have to carry along And you with carry it. around a good, uh, about the size of a football... But pretty heavy. Okay. So that gets really annoying after a while. I have to assume that it was someone's job to make these football-sized rocks or yeah. go out and try to find a football-sized rock. Yeah, we had a collection of them available. Because at the third rock, now it's really hard to carry. Yeah, and so your life's just harder. You're out. And it's incentivizing yeah, you to sense. learn the code because you don't want to carry more giant rocks around. And at that point, we already had the uh, weapon to kill them. You just, oh, they're the rocks. The rocks. They're the Very simple. They're, they're bringing their own weapon of their own demise. It's sort of like making somebody dig their own grave. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or, yeah. or learn the rules because that would be nice. <laughs> that, would be. that would be easier for everybody. Um, Did but... you have people who were purposely outlawed gluing rocks to themselves? <laughs> it was cool. Make yeah. themselves look cool. I know teenagers, the code. Teenagers I... constantly were rock, w- rocking two rocks. <laughs> I know the code, but I'm carrying these rocks around with me anyways. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. girls would be like, ooh, I ooh. wonder what he did. I wonder why he's carrying those rocks around. You know, and then he wouldn't say it'd be mysterious. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the uh, term uh, "get your rocks off." Get your rocks off. Shut up. That's, That's where, where it comes from. from. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. fascinating. He got two rocks and those bullshit Yeezys. He's, <laughs> He's a hot ticket. That guy is Yeehaw! beating him off with a stick. <laughs> There's that cash oh, phrase again. Thank you, Mr. Cash. So, Mr. Cash, yeah. let's go back to you for a moment. So, you were in and out of rehab as you battled with drug abuse. Yeah. Um, and I read that and. You know, feel free to correct this record if it's not true. I read this on Wikipedia that yep. one of your last relapses hmm. happened because you were prescribed painkillers yes. after being kicked by an ostrich that lived on your farm. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, so there was an ostrich living on your farm that kicked you, and you needed to then get painkillers. I don't that. remember that he was officially living with me, but he was visiting. <laughs> I don't understand what the distinction there would be. Like, he's free to roam, but he just kind of hangs out at he the farm? He was stopping by, but been a standing... It was sort of a Kalo Kalen type of thing. Gotcha, Are you living gotcha. here? crashing? Are you, let's go get some burgers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this ostrich 
Um, yeah, he's he's just like sort of visiting. Like, did you feed him? Is that was that his incentive for like showing up? Probably. Okay. Probably. Now that I think about yeah. it, that makes sense. And then why? Why did he kick it? Yeah. Was there an inciting incident there? You don't remember? Oh, I don't know. I might have kicked him first. <laughs> well, there you go. You know I'll what? in the right. That's justice. A yeah. kick, get up. For kick, a for kick. kick. Get up. Get up. I kick. want some burgers. I can't drive. So, so you were kicking this ostrich to try to get him to go get burgers with you. Yeah. And then he kicked you back, and then that's why you needed to get the painkillers. I think so. You know, I got to say, that sounds fair. That really sounds fair. It sounds like justice was served. I know if I was a doctor and he came into the, told me that story about why you needed this ex drug addict needed mm-hmm. drugs <laughs> because an ostrich, ostrich kicked kick you in the me. chest. You yeah. would not be suspicious. Well, you know, it's like, you know, how I'd be fine with that. Why don't you go, you know, you, <laughs> this ostrich that wasn't living with me, it just stopped by. <laughs> Where well, you get the ostrich? I don't know. It just came it just by. by. Where is he now? He visits, I told you he was passing he through. Every now but again. that's how it is. You know how it is. It's with the cold. You don't want to come by with the same excuse. Every single time. Oh, you know, why are you late? My yeah. grandparent died. Oh, why are you late now? My grandpa. Oh, really? Your grandparent died oh, my third other, time. On my, that's on my not mom's on side. my mom's yeah. side. Well, you know, you don't have one more grandparent that's going to. So what? Why are you late? Well, I got kicked by an ostrich. He was visited me. He's a friend of my <laughs> that's wife. That's a valid excuse, actually. I that's... kicked him first. And he kicked. Well, OK. I'm mm-hmm. not going to ask you any questions. I'm reading in your Wikipedia that that was one of your last relapses. It has to be just because you couldn't think. Of any other excuses for why you might need. Because when you get to kicked by an ostrich, yeah. you're at the bottom of your excuses That's a bottom. List. That's yeah. a true bottom. You are really for some people, scraping some the people barrel. some people would just go on <laughs> drinking and inviting out, whatever the yeah, problem is. Well, these was. Philip K. Dicks I'm not sure what should kind of, be writing fucking science fiction. It was that a, is creative. That it is was very my creative. bottom with just inviting people over, inviting animals over to stay with me and my <laughs> and wife. And seeing if you would get hurt. Enough yeah, that you and would need painkillers. How much? How badly they would hurt me if I mm-hmm. assaulted them? Well, that's where the saying, uh, "If you rest, if you play with the bull, you get the horns." Right. Yeah. Uh, th- right. That wasn't in your it's, code. Was no, it? no. It just sounds like a scenario that would fit. That's <laughs> it. it really that does. Scenario. That's I good. gotta say. Have you ever thought of releasing a second book? Ooh, code? a second code. Oh. You know, I have been. I mean, An I have encore. been taking. I have been making a lot of rules. You know, that's actually a we need like more a, rules become, now. Well, it seems like that. Yeah. Uh, let's say. I mean, you're back. You know, like let's say that you we you get put in a position of power. Yeah. You know, are there are there laws and codes that you think that we should adopt yeah. for today for the twenty percent? First one. First one. No backpacks on the L. <laughs> like, take your fucking backpack <laughs> off the L. You're yeah. taking the L. Is it's crowded? Mm-hmm. You're taking up too much room. Right. That's the easy one. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we were all in agreement with it. Um, a lot of uh, grooming. A lot of a grooming, lot of grooming stuff. stuff. Yeah. Like if you have roommates. Um, You're talking about for men and women. Both. Yeah. I mean, you, we've seen people's bathrooms. So just tidy up. Yeah. Tidy Simple, up your tidy, bathroom. Tidy up. Um, <laughs> You're sort of an observational lawmaker. <laughs> Well, it's all it's all in hindsight, you know. It's all you know. You see somebody do something wrong. Comedian with the yeah. force of law. Any, uh, anything about airplane food that yeah. you wanted to? Uh, oh, really? To... Well, definitely keep it sectional. You don't want you don't know mm-hmm. if it, you can't just put one big plate. You gotta yeah, you gotta have a little compartment. Yeah, you know, as though your child's a finicky eater. Uh, anything you know? Social media is so big. Obviously, like, is there any uh, mm. any code about social media that you would want to impose on the world? Uh, yeah. Uh, before you send, before you hit send, mm. jerk off. Just jerk <laughs> off once, and then see if you still want to send that text. 
I mean, it could be a good text. Or, or it could a be a bad text. Or a tweet. Or a tweet. A One tweet, of those Facebook two. status. Yeah. Always jerk off before you post Always something. anything. Yeah. I can anything. see how that could happen. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's a, there, there are people that post a lot. And, you know, yeah. I'm not sure if uh, uh, everybody has the stamina for that to be able to, like, jerk off that much. Huh? But I think it's a gen- it's a good general rule of that's thumb. It. Thank you. That's that's it. You, you know, know, I like that. I like that a lot. Put it in your code, guys. Well, let me ask you this, Hammurabi. So after your death, you pass the kingdom off to your son, Sam Su Iluna. Um, the, the same way that your yeah, father—that's not a hippie name. <laughs> passed, passed the, the. He, he didn't. I, I didn't give it to him. You know. Mm-hmm. He, oh, was that he, the mom? I understand. That was well. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That was the mom. The mom. Yeah. I understand. She's pretty hippie herself. Uh, so the same way that your father handed you the kingdom, you hand your son the kingdom, uh, and the empire quickly unravels. Um, and I'm wondering. To what do you attribute that? Didn't you give your son like any advice on holding everything together, or was it like natural disasters, or like what, did you think that maybe your son wasn't adept at being a ruler? He was, you know, uh, nobody wants to talk bad about their kid, obviously, you know, obviously. But the kid's a piece of shit. Let's <laughs> yeah. just be honest about it. I mean, I gave him, I set him up. I set mm. him. I I put everything in place. It was a well-oiled machine, you know. And then mm. what does he want to do? You know, like all of a sudden it's like beanbag chairs and like glowing, you know, like, uh, you know, st- you know, it's like loosey goosey. Once you start, you know, uh, it, you know, it, it's lack of structure. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought it was like uh, free time now, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. So he thought you you did all this work to put all these rules and structures in place. Yeah. And he's like, everything's going great. What do we need these rules and structure for? It's it's a, it's cyclical, man. Just yeah. like my dad yeah, was loose right. with him. You mm-hmm. know, he, he was loose. It goes back. You know, he was rebelling against me in some way. He had so many rules. Now he's right. trying to just, he wanted freedom, I guess. If you, know? you could write a code to get rid of the cyclical nature of life mm. and just make everything ordered and neat for, from now until the end Honestly, of time, would you, would you make that in your code? Would you put that in your code? Yeah, you, I think the biggest flaw is um, passing on inheritance for no, you know, like, I mean, I know yeah. now I'm knocking my son, but you're just giving it to somebody who didn't earn it. So that's, that's, a, that's Ooh, a good thing. Yeah. Well, that's how you got your role. Well, yeah, not, exactly. not everything's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> not everything's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you do you feel that way as well, Mister Cash? Like that that uh, that the cycle is important. That we need these ebbs and flows, the seasons. We need, uh, you know, uh, things to be in order and then things to be in chaos and vice versa. Well, uh, order and chaos is sort of my calling card. But my mm-hmm. daughter Roseanne became a very successful banker, and I have no objection. Your to that. daughter Roseanne, which your dad was a banker too. Cash. My dad was a banker. That's oh, really that's crazy. The flow. That's the cycle there. Then wow, you can't escape it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. I think I, at the end, my favorite part of the of Hammurabi's code is at the end of it where it just says, millennial. <laughs> <laughs> it's a last-minute edition. I didn't, but... uh, yeah, I don't remember that, reading Do that part. Do you ever talk but... to the, your god friend anymore? He oh, go up Shamsa. Shamsa. He'd, be, he'd be ticked if he knew that I was trying to write another law. Shamash. Uh, I checked in once in a while. Again, mm-hmm. so spaciously different that I, again, think I'm crazy sometimes. Yeah. But um oh god yeah it must be weird seeing Snoop Dogg now and you're just like oh, oh that I must always... have been weird when I don't he, know if when it's... the chronic drop and you were like what the yeah. Shamash what are you doing Shamash I thought when he said drop he it like it's not hot, 19 he was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately that is all the time that we have oh. left for this week's episode of Famous Dead People I think I like to thank my guests uh, Hammurabi and Johnny Cash for joining me in the studio today I have always have one final question for my guests I know it's a little weird but. I like to ask my guests if there's anything they want to plug, any comedy shows or Twitter accounts that they like. Uh, Hammurabi, you want to tell anybody about anything? Uh, you could follow this guy, Lex Morales, on Fun With Lex on like Instagram and mm-hmm. uh, all those other social and media things. on Twitter, things, where and he Twitter. will jerk off before he posts anything. Yes, so it's been a, it's been a while. <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, Johnny Cash, anything you want to tell people about? Looking for work. Just looking Making for work. Making a movement into post-production. I'm not sure. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, if you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radioforbooken.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. My name is Jarrett Berenstein. Check Cash. out my famous website, Jarrett Berenstein. Famous famous dead people. Please, please stop. <laughs> Check out my website, jaredbranson.com. Also, go buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now, and it is hilarious anywhere that finer books are sold. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio for Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, baby.